tune into our show this is another jags podcast episode 74 74 i'm here with joey finally like joey's back it's been two weeks man i've been i've been missing it the people have spoken they wanted you back i'm glad like uh, i've I've missed you guys as well i had some work stuff had some vacation stuff with the family but uh recharged glad to be back yeah man pumped so as you can see people that watched our show we have a new new setting here a new background which is fancy yeah so well uh, done jason yeah you know just had some time off uh, <laughs> had a little vacation i figured i would do some upgrading on our show i think i think a few things need some commenting on i mean for one we've got a bonsai like tree which yeah it's real one, too yeah it's i mean i can tell it's all tied takes water and we have a candle which is different than last time please tell me this is a miles jack candle this is in fact a miles jack candle. a legitimate actually made by hand by Miles Jack. I wish I wish I would have kept the box. I put it in the recycle bin. It the return address says Miles Jack, one TIA Bank Field. I, I'm complete at this point. If like, you if you go on our that's amazing. If you go on our Twitter, I put a picture of it. It's a quality of, of candle. The, I mean, it's been burning for at least an hour, and like it's barely even anywhere. I mean, it's a little smaller than I thought it was going to be. Eh. But at the end of the day, like it's from Miles Jack, so and it's handmade by Miles Jack. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Okay, so we're live on YouTube. If you have questions on YouTube, make sure to send us comments or questions on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Another Jags Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Another Jags Podcast. Um, this is technically going to be our O-line breakdown. So that's what we're going to attempt to do here. But we will see what happens from there. <laughs> that, that, Jason's talking about me. So yeah, let's continue. I'm prepared. I'm so not. We'll see how this goes. You know, not anything different. So no. I, I've got my my opinions and my comments. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that because it's a our season is going to be made or broken by our offensive line, in my opinion. So I think it's yeah. the most important discussion we'll have in the preseason, personally. But before we get to that, there's a couple things that's like kind of new happening that I kind of wanted to touch on. Fair enough. The first thing that's like, I guess, breaking news is that the Jags picked Marcus Sims as an undrafted free agent after the supplemental draft because he wasn't drafted out of West Virginia. So at first I was like, okay, Marcus Sims. Okay. Obviously I'm going to do a little bit of research on him to see if he's good or anything. So I looked at his film. His film looks decent. Quick guy. Uh, He's a receiver. Natural ability to start and stop on a dime. He was third on the team at West Virginia with 46 receptions. 699 yards and two touchdowns. Who has thrown to him, just for the record? Your boy, Will Greer. Exactly. So, not bad, but this is what really impressed me. So, I posted a video on Twitter about him with a little highlight film, and he retweeted it, and it was crazy the amount of support that came from West Virginia fans and teammates on the tweet. Which is a fantastic sign. It is. If you're not a good dude, you're not getting that kind of support, which when you told me that, I was like, that makes me like the guy even more because obviously he's doing something right that's what stood out to me too and everyone seems to be cheering for him the the fans were like man we're gonna miss him i think that also means that they thought he should have gotten drafted beforehand like maybe in the late rounds like that he was good enough to do that or they wouldn't be i mean you're not gonna get super excited about a guy that sucks right i mean yeah i wouldn't think so like you said if someone's a good teammate and a good guy he's gonna get that kind of support because we post a lot of videos and not a lot of people get that 
support. Which again, hey, thanks for the retweet. Yeah. So look forward to him. Uh, He could be a guy that's going to have to show out in preseason to make the team. It's also kind of a good sign that, I mean, it does, the front office isn't done. Like they're still, they're still out there looking, they're still working. They're still doing some due diligence. Apparently. I mean, that's a good sign. We need wide receiver depth. I mean, more people than are competing, the better. I mean, Good luck, bro. Hope you do well. Yeah. All right. So uh, I also I'd be remiss not to say that he's a uh, kick returner. So Which, he's going to definitely push that kick return spot. He led West Virginia in kick returns. And actually, like his 2017 year, last year, he had 26.3 yards per kick return. Well, th- he'll fit right in then. Don't the Jags like specialized in wide receivers that kick return but can't catch footballs? <laughs> But he can catch, I think. <laughs> I, I think so. he can catch. Either way, <laughs> you found your home. Well, the other recent news is the Jags All-25 list that came out. And first of all, how do you even rank 5 through 25? I agree. I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. Maybe like 15 through 25. Yeah, I, I guess mean, you're right. You kind of get to the point where it's like, all right, we're out of pro bowlers, and we're just like naming guys who came from other teams that were maybe better there but good with us. And are good with us than left and did better. I mean, it, you know, it's tough, but the list isn't bad. Was there anything like you were just like blatantly like arguing with in the top half of it maybe? Or? Well, I mean, no, I mean, all we have so far is what David Gard, Chris Naoli, and I can't remember who the guy was. Ranker.com has Mike Peterson at 25 and Gakwe at 24 and Malik Jackson at 23. Which, I mean, I wouldn't argue any of those spots. Short-lived, but solid. Yeah. I well mean, above average. Is A.J. Boye better than Ngakwe, though? They have him higher. And they have David Gerard at 15. Eh, whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to talk about. It's yeah, fun it to, is. I mean, maybe the top 10 is probably like what the best argument would be. Like, who's your top 10 Jags of all time? Yeah. Their top how, 10? how about we do this okay. since we're talking about it? I like it. And it's a Alrighty. side tangent. Who are your top three Jags of all time? Mm, top now, three Now, I know I haven't given time. you a lot of time to think about it. So just kind of go, go off the head here. Probably unquestionable. I mean, Fred Taylor's number one, without a doubt. Baselli's number two, without a doubt. Number three is going to be up for argument. I mean, number three for me probably would be, hmm, I'd have to go with MJD, man, even though he was like a little bit later in the, in the, the mix, but can't knock a guy again. Backstory, love backstory. Dude wasn't supposed to do what he did, and he was just a bowling ball, like balled out for him. This is going to be really boring uh, because that was going to be my top three. Well, I think that means it's those are the top three. I mean, that's unquestionable. I mean, you might want, I could throw Jimmy Smith in there if I want to like make an argument instead of MJD. What about Mark Brunell? Nah, dude, he's in top 10, like bottom of the top 10. Really? Dude, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm Even not a Brunel he fan. led that 98-98 season? Yeah, but dude, the team was ridiculously good. Yeah, I'm a Brunell fan because he's a stand-up guy, he's a Christian, and he's a good Jag, he's a good Jacksonville dude, he's done a lot for the community. But football player-wise, he wouldn't have started on a lot of teams. Well, he didn't start on exactly. A couple, I mean, yeah. as far as QBs go, man, he he was not a fantastic QB. He was what we hope Foles is going to be. I think. I mean, he's going to be a game manager. He's going to make the plays when he needs to. He's going to make good decisions. And he's going to be a good locker room guy. I mean, that's what he was. Brent Papineau says Joel Smingy was the other in the top twenty-five. There you go. Thank you, Brent. I mean, he he makes it alone just because of the Smingy chant and all the yeah, football games. Yeah. I mean, can you go wrong with that? No. I, Again, solid dude. I hate to say like. I was kind of young in the Joel Schmingy era. Yeah. So I don't like remember watching the games. Like You can't go back on NFL Rewind and watch them no, like I, mean, I would have by now. Yeah, I can't break down his film. But yeah. I mean, he was obviously a solid, solid player. I yeah. Mean, so yeah. I mean, like, you can't argue with the list so far, but it'll be good to see. I mean, I feel like we'll have more to talk about this as the list kind of develops. 
Um, we've only had three. So let's I think get... I think the fact that a lot of the players on the current team that have only played for two or three years are making the list like kind of shows that we haven't had a lot of like balling out <laughs> stars in the Jaguars like history. I well, mean, there was a lot of dead times, a ton of dead, and times. that's kind of what made Maurice Jones Drew like stand out to me was that he was like literally the shining light for so many years. Yeah, and David Garrard as well. I mean, you know, he showed out for a few seasons. I mean, when everything else around him was awful. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the offensive line. Sounds good. That's why we're here, kind of. Sort of. Just give me, like, right off the bat, Joey, your thoughts on the offensive line and what are you expecting out of them this year? My thoughts are is that it's the crux of our entire team. I mean, everybody talks about Fournette. You know, he's going to lead us to the Holy Land or tank the season for us, but... The offensive line is going to be the one that helps them do that. So, I mean, if everybody's healthy, which, I mean, you look at our depth chart right now, and all of our starting offensive linemen have a question mark next to them, have a big Q, because they were all injured last year or still battling back from injuries, except for Jawan Taylor, yeah. which is a rookie. AJ Cam played a lot, like 15 games last year. He did, but I even think he's on the list with a... Uh, he's not, you're right. He's the one that does not have a question mark, yeah. a Q next to him. Cam Robbins, he's our left tackle. He balled out two years ago. He did not look good before he got hurt last year. So, I mean, that's a giant question mark. And I think he's going to be fine. I mean, I think he's going to come back in and do what he sh- should. Linder and Norwell are the two guys for me. I mean, they should be top five, top ten in the league in their especially, positions. Yeah, I mean, especially if they're getting paid. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. mean like, <laughs> we have two of the best linemen in the league as far as their pay scale goes and as far as a Norwell being a pro bowler. So... He was all pro, not to mention. Exactly. Like, I mean, those two guys, we shouldn't have a bad offensive line with them there. So I think it's up to them to really, like, pull everything together, honestly. Yeah, I think getting healthy, obviously, is the number one priority for this offensive line and really the entire team in general. We have a lot of fans of the show that aren't, like, football heads. Like, I know we have a lot that are football heads. Yeah. But we do have a lot, and they've told us. we We get people tell us all the time, like, we love your show half the time we don't know what y'all are talking about so i, I just want to half like, the time i don't know what we're talking about so that that's good guys i appreciate you asking for clarification <laughs> that's true so i just want to kind of like quickly talk about like what the zone blocking scheme is that we run okay, okay. i would love that because yeah. then i can probably speak more intelligently about what i think about them so <laughs> that's a good segue yeah so basically like basically to simplify the zone blocking scheme that just means like the offensive line like moves typically laterally as a unit and the block should they create some natural gaps and it's up to the running back to kind of find them. The running back takes what he can get. He never like you don't want to dance around in the backfield. You kind of want to hit the hole and get upfield like as soon as you can. It's kind of like a downfield running scheme. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And and basically, what you want if you're a zone blocker as an offensive lineman is you want good footwork, and you want to have you want to be able you want to know your blocking rules, and you want to have good communication along the offensive line. And uh, basically, like I said, it's getting, it's moving laterally, it's moving vertically. And most importantly, it's about preventing penetration across the line. So like, that's the most important thing to do. And as we saw last year, when we had our ragtag group of people in there, they were getting penetration. And well, I mean, if you're, if you, just I'll interrupt there. If you're a group that has to move laterally and the gap's not somewhat defined, it might be moving as well. You have to be cohesive. You have to know what the right. guys around you are doing. And if you're subbing in fourth and fifth string linebacker or offensive lineman, then that's not going to happen. Right, exactly. And, and basically, like, just simplify it as much as it can get is the zone blocking scheme relies on, on angles to win more than, like, power. Okay. So if you see a guy... So like, it's more finesse as opposed to, I'm yeah. going to just crush the guy across from me. Yeah. 
in in zone block and like really like what you see coaches do for a long time is is run the same formation out of zone and just basically keep the defense on their heels by running different plays out of the same formations versus a you know multiple formation look these spreads and get out well, people in motion if you can do that it's even better though because you have no idea what's coming there's no like pattern to it right, right. i mean yeah. it's the same thing every time but we don't know what play's coming yeah and, and and i really am a fan of the zone blocking scheme like with two tight ends and that's i'm a little concerned that we don't have two tight ends that probably i mean swaim and o'shaughnessy i mean this isn't the tight end podcast but that's but that's you know, an important part of the blocking scheme for any team these days yeah would a fullback, like a good blocking fullback, be able to like substitute for one of those tight ends? Yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. But Which we don't have we don't have that either. either. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we do. I'm just asking. Yeah, no, no, you're spot on. So, um, like outside of that, though, what is the other? I mean, could you say deny penetration? But isn't right. that the goal of like every offensive line? No, because there's some like like the read option, for example. Um, the backside defensive lineman is is allowed to come in. Free. So they almost want people to come in so they can throw over right. Yeah, that person or, in the gaps. Or if you're running power out of like a like power and you're pulling your backside guard to mm -hmm. the play side that dn that's on that side of the field can't get to the to the play gotcha so they're you're kind of just leaving him alone whereas zone it's like no one's penetrating hmm. like and and it kind of it's it's what a lot of teams are going to um the denver broncos like really perfected it um in the 90s and early 2000s they did a lot of cut blocking though and people didn't like them for that but so that's the, that's the fundamental. And the reason why that's kind of important is because Juwan Taylor gets a reputation for being like a powerful mauler, like a big grizzly bear. I think the opposite, though. And he's not. Maybe I know he's more not. about football than I think yeah. I do because he's kind of soft. He's kind well, of more. He's, he's a big so, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him with the man purse? <laughs> Please Those tell me popular. you saw the picture. With, dude. I saw a guy in the gym today, like no lie, like unironically wearing a fanny pack. Okay, well that's fine because that's like <laughs> you're, you're bringing that back. But he, it wasn't a man satchel. It wasn't like a carrier bag. Dude had a Vers Versace. What's the other one? Not Gucci. It was a Gucci no like clue. man purse. Okay, and dude, he looked like like a grandpa, like a giant <laughs> grandpa. Like there wasn't muscle tone. I mean, he's obviously a giant dude. He's a like big he's boy. huge. He's like a he's a boy. massive of a human being, but it wasn't like, I look at that guy. If I didn't know who he was, I wouldn't think he's an NFL, like top <laughs> draft pick. Like he just isn't chiseled. Like I could see him being technical with his size and it working, but not like I'm going to overpower somebody. Then that's exactly what he is. But I, I, I just say that, I guess, because like all the things coming on draft day was like talking about how he's just like a, a mauler and a, well, in and college, a, sure. I mean, uh, but he he what? I mean, he's he's really like you were saying. He's a technician. Okay, well, that's like, good to know. He's like all like basically like I was talking about with the zone blocking scheme. It's all about angles, and what comes into play with angles is like your first step as an offensive lineman. Well, it sets everything up, right? Right, yeah. ex exactly. And so there's all kind of steps. I mean, they got names for all of them. And basically, like Jawan Taylor, steps are like elite, and that's why I really liked him coming out. And I would have been totally fine taking him in the first round because his drive step and his lead step is like the best of any lineman coming out of the draft. He is like, a, he is an amazing play side blocker, meaning they can run the ball behind him. And that's what I like about him is we have a guy now we can run the ball behind him, which I would also have to assume helps a rookie coming in, being able to play at an elite level in the NFL. If that's his strength, as opposed to just being a physical specimen. Right. Yeah. He's already got the, the stuff that's hard to coach. Yeah. And another thing that he does great is if he gets his hands on you, like he's not letting go. There was a play 
in one game. I can't remember. I think it was the uh, LSU game where he basically just blocking a guy with one arm and like just driving him sideways with one arm. It's like, dang, dude. Like that's is he gonna be able to do that in the NFL? Maybe. I mean, but I'm really excited about Jawan Taylor, and he is who I'm most excited about on the right side. Now, with that scheme, that all seems to tie into Foles flourishing behind that because he's obviously at the point in his career where he knows what he's doing. He's going to make good decisions. He's going to work with that unit, and they're going to work together. But that seems to really... Yeah, that's not good. Yep, just spilled a, <laughs> spilled a drink on uh, my computer. I was going to make a great point, too. You want to pause right there for a minute? Why don't you just keep talking, and I'll clean this up. And then, okay, uh, we'll fair go. enough. So my point you got to love live, right? You got to love, hey, love being live. It is what it is. I mean, my point with that whole thing is that I think that goes against Fournette, though. I mean, it's another like knock against him, and you know, I've been hard on him for obvious reasons. I mean, we spent a top draft pick on him. You know, you got Saquon Barkley, you got Ezekiel Elliott, went in the same type of draft as him. You know, you know, Saquon had what two thousand total yards last year. You know, Ezekiel had close to fifteen hundred and or thirteen hundred and a lot more touchdowns. So. One of the knocks against Fournette outside of all the other stuff is that he doesn't know football. Like he doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know how to hit a moving hole. He does. It's all been based on the fact that he's been a physical specimen his entire life and didn't have to really do all that stuff. So if our whole blocking scheme and our offense is going to be based off the fact that, you know, this is a cohesive unit that's going to open up moving holes, him not knowing the playbook and not knowing anything other than, hey, give me the ball and I'll run, I think it's going to be a problem, right? That was a great job of filling in right there. I did my best. I'm kind of <laughs> out of breath at this point. But that might be all I got. Yeah, so who were you talking about? I was talking about Fournette. Fournette, okay, awesome. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I was talking about him being an issue. The can fact, you recap it for I me? I can, real quick. <laughs> the fact that you know our offensive line, them working cohesively, and that being like a moving scheme type of thing, like... Fournette doesn't know the playbook. That's been his knock. He like he he's been a physical specimen his whole career. He just runs the ball and like goes around people or over people. Him not having the physical or football IQ that he needs to have with that being our scheme scares me. Well, he ran like a power scheme in in college, but he's so athletic and he can just Does it matter I, though if he's running at the wrong spot? No, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't. But I think that he has the potential to to be. I mean, they wouldn't. He's he's an elite back, and he showed in 2017 that he's capable of being an elite back. But I, you're right, and the jury's still out. I mean, he could be a huge bust at this point. Gosh. You never know. All right, let's get to the question here. Um, this first question is from our good friend UCF Jaguar, who is the king of Jaguars YouTube. And if you're not he subscribed is. to UCF Jaguar then you, you... You want constant content? Yeah, he you're missing out. So he asks, if the Jaguars go 8-8, eight and eight, will the front office trio of Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, and Tom Coughlin stay intact? That's a great question, and I think it's going to be less about the actual record at that point and more about how they negotiate the contracts and what players they're able to keep. They're not gonna. They're not gonna let those guys go before everything's negotiated. They're not gonna bring new people in to take over that situation. But if they lose like a bunch of people that we should be able to keep or let the wrong people go, as far as the fans think, dude, there could be a huge uprising. I mean, I, honestly, I think eight and eight. I picked that before the season. I think we're going eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. 
I think it depends on what type of eight and eight and is. I know that's a weird answer, but like it's actually not. That's yeah, a great answer. Like if if uh, Foles gets hurt and Gardner Minshew comes in and leads the team to eight and eight, I think they're safe. If there's a bunch of injuries and we go eight and eight, I think we're safe. Or if we go like toe to toe with a solid team and it comes down to the wire and we lose a bunch of games like that, I mean, yeah. we have a tough schedule, man. We yeah, have absolutely. a really tough schedule. So I mean. That, yeah, it, that's kind of a broad question that it could have a lot of different yeah, answers. Yeah, it, it has. But if if everyone's healthy and all things remain the same, then I think that the team makes a huge change and Shotcon makes changes, and then I think all three are gone. Really? Yeah. If everyone's healthy, and because eight and eight is just simply not good enough. Really? Yeah, I understand that we were bad last year, but last year was an anomaly. If like when you're a if you're a Shotcon. Because you've spent, I mean, we're we have no money. We we're like we're capped out. We have no money on the cap. That's what that I'm saying. Mean that he's not making money hand over fist and the money of I the know, franchise. But he wants yeah. to win, and he wants to win. So I think, I think that they would be. You know, I'm kind of with uh, Jeff the Jesus Boy on Twitter, and he's at Jeffrey Grissom, and he says something's gonna change, and that would be a mass something gonna something gone change, and that would be a massive disappointment. Gonna. So I'm with you, Jeff. I think the Jaguar fans need to reevaluate their expectations. No, for this dude, season. not me. If you can win, if we can get the HC Championship against Bortles, we can get to the Super Bowl with Foles. That's how I feel. The team's the same. You're missing, you're missing a kind of couple people that didn't really contribute that much last year. So. I'm not saying the team's not the same. I'm saying there's a lot of question marks health-wise, and I'm saying that we have a ridiculous schedule next year. That's true. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break so we can clean this mess up. Your mess, not mine. Yeah, and um, we'll be right back. like per usual i haven't you know looked at the twitter questions because i'm kind of older and not really what i do and don't I know how to use twitter is that i don't know to, how to use twitter trying to tell people right honestly, if we really want to get into it <laughs> iphone doesn't have a scrollable twitter widget and android did mm. i was all over twitter when they had that I had mm. to switch because of work and i can't be bothered to click on the app and actually do it that way so that's mm. that's the honest answer to that one mm. but i don't want to like jump in on a question that's already been asked but so like I have a offensive line question for you whenever you're ready for that. So you, you can mm. throw that. You can ask me that whenever you're ready. Let's do it now. You already teased right, it. Let's do my it. My question would be like, yeah. what is your biggest question mark with our offensive line? My biggest question mark with the offensive line is Cam Robinson. And that's easy for me to say. Uh, he played two games last year. Awfully. And the games that he played in 2017, I mean, he was good and yeah. serviceable. But at the end of the day, I mean, he wasn't anything that was like super special. I mean, he looked good for a rookie, but it wasn't like amazing offensive lineman. Do you think maybe he was playing somewhat injured, didn't realize it the first two games until he actually was like severely injured? Like maybe it was like a nagging injury type thing. It was, it was, a, it was a huge drop off is why I'm asking. It and wasn't that, even that he played bad last year. Like I get that he was injured last year. I'll give him a pass. It was just that he didn't, I mean, he, he played good, but he didn't play like amazing. And like he was kind of, we kind of were looking for him to solidify himself in 2018. Then he missed the entire season. Do you, do you really expect a rookie left tackle to come in and? No, I don't. Okay, but you you factor that in with the fact that he missed the entire season. Okay, well that's an that's an honest answer. I mean, and and, and I mean I'm rooting for him. I like the guy, but so you know, it's, it's not so much that he didn't play great in the first two games last season. It's more he is still a rookie, pretty much. Like he's a yeah. second year player at this point, yeah. and we are relying on him to be not that. Yeah, and not to mention, there's not a lot of depth behind him. No, there's not. I mean, it, what do you? I mean, you, you can't really move. I mean, you guess you can try to move, uh, 
Jawan Taylor over, but he never played left tackle at Florida at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess. And you, you talk about the whole, and that's why I'm, that's where I'm kind of leading is like you talk about the whole footwork thing. Like you would think that you could switch maybe like in a, a great or good left tackle to right, but you can't. I mean, it's a completely different kind of footwork thing in a finesse scheme, so that doesn't work with our scheme. And I understand that, like, you have Josh Wells. People like him, but he got pretty seriously injured last year, too. Yeah. Eric Flowers had to come in, and he... Uh, don't even... Yeah, I mean... Don't was, even... Let's not even say that name. The fact that we had Eric... Is he still on the team? No. Okay. The, the fact that we had Eric Flowers and... um, um, Well, who's the guard that we cut? Oh, gosh. YouTube's going to have to help me out on this one. Um, Omame. Patrick Omame. Oh, Omame. The fact that we, that we had to have those two scrubs playing was just pathetic. And, and, and again, I'm not one to talk bad about people ever. I'm sure they were great guys, but terrible football players. So I, and we look at, you know, is Casey McDermott going to do anything for Miami? Uh, probably not. I mean, Will Richardson, apparently Will Richardson is, is an NFL player. Really? Rumor has it Will Richardson is an NFL player. That's the rumor. Who, who drafted him? Uh, the Jags drafted him. He's on our team. Uh, that's the rumor. Um, apparently, he's, he's a good lineman. He got drafted in the fourth round out of NC State. Last year? Yeah. But mm. he um, apparently can't see the field. And uh, I've never heard of a lineman being drafted in the fourth round and not playing a single snap and with no injury reported. And with no communication whatsoever <laughs> as to why. But he's still there. Rumor has it. Is this like the Will Rashad Richardson. Green of <laughs> offensive linemen? I mean, at least Rashad Green like came every once in a while. He's made a couple plays. That's but, true. I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, the, the other tackles on the team, Andrew Lauderdale, a 6'6", 230 undrafted free agent from New Hampshire, hasn't played yet. Uh, mm. Leonard, Webster, Leonard Wester, he played with, <laughs> played with the Bucks last season. And let's see how he graded out. Uh, he, graded, he played in six games. He had 118 snaps, and he had a... He had a <laughs> He had a 46.7 grade, which puts him the absolute worst graded offensive lineman on our team. So it's not out of 50. <laughs> it is not out of 50, no. Apparently. All right, let's see. Let's keep going down the list here. See who we got. We got Donnell Green, undrafted free agent out of Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota is a powerhouse for awesome offensive linemen, though. So, I mean, no. And then you have uh, our boy Cedric... Um, Cedric Ogebi. Cedric O. Cedric Ogbeki from the Bengals last year. Well, he has potential, right? If by potential, his overall grade last year out of 54 snaps. Now, keep in mind, AJ Cam played 934 snaps last year. Everybody hates him. Cedric Ogbeki (laughs) played in 54 snaps, and he graded out 51.9. Well, that's well above 50, so... (laughs) His pass blocking grade was a 43.2, and his run blocking grade was a solid 70. So that kind of segues to like my answer to the question that I asked you is my biggest concern is depth, depth obviously. Yeah. But the fact that Tyler Shatley is like our backup for like what, four spots? Yeah. I mean, and not, I mean now, like he is our backup yeah. for every position on the offensive now, line. And now he's, Tyler Shatley is a good player. I like him, yeah. and he's good, and I'm good with that. But I mean, again, we get a couple injuries and the same thing that happened last year is going to happen again. So once again, back to the everything else, wide receiver, you know, question marks is Foles the MVP that we hope he's going to be is Fournette going to show up. Dude, offensive line is the question mark going into the season for next year. For me, we were just told on uh, YouTube that it says episode 72 on the, tw- on the header of our video right now. 
It says 74 when I just looked at it. Well, I think our break screen says 74. Ah, break screen <laughs> says 74. Yeah, the old overlooking the two I mean, come teams. on, guys. We can only update so much. Hey, you got to give us credit for this. Yeah. Already. I mean, we have so, like stands for our yeah. mics. We're not holding them anymore. Yeah, I mean, we'll, come on. We'll, and not to mention that Miles Jack Candle smells really good. Which is the biggest upgrade. Yeah, I think smells That should amazing. get us like 100 more downloads. Yeah, that's a right Miles there. Jack Candle. It's, it's a little smaller than I thought it would be. I think everybody right now should send this to Miles Jack. Yeah. We have your candle burning at the moment. That's yeah. how much we love you. And it smells good. It's the Hawaiian flavor. Yeah. It smells good. Um, so um, we're pretty excited about that. Tyler Shatley <laughs> played in 12 <laughs> games last year, 544 snaps. That's, bad, that, that's a lot of snaps. That's more than a backup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 55.9 to overall rating. But again, he's filling in multiple spots. He's not getting first team snaps to yeah, start the season. That's true. I mean, that's true. But again, that's our guy this year. Like he goes down after somebody else goes down and we're back on the, who the heck can we get from some team that wants to get rid of somebody and let's give up a third or fourth rounder for him. I mean, Dude, yeah. it's, it's it's scary in that 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 avenue. We found ourselves last year in a position where we needed alignment and had, there was no options out there. I mean, yeah. like we talked about, Flowers and Obama yeah. were the best options. But uh, Shatley's pass blocking grade was a seventy point three, not bad. No, his run blocking grade was fifty two point two, though, pretty bad. Now is that based off like him getting beat or like the yards per carry when he was in blocking? Like what? How, yeah, this is pro football focus, I assume, right? It is. So how how is that like? How do they judge that? Do you have any idea? Um, they, I could look it up. Because, um, again, I mean, you, you have, like, again, third, fourth, fifth string running backs in yeah. there. That could affect his grade, No, I right? think they I, – honestly, I don't know. It, it Probably there's some arbitration in it, and yeah. these guys probably don't know the play call, and they can do the best. I mean, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up. Because people have all kind of issues with PFF. Some people are fans. Some people aren't. Well, we use PFF stats a lot on this show. I do. And people are like – are just tell me all the time like pff stats are stupid i i like that's totally fine like you can totally feel that way and i and i and i believe you because i've seen stats that point pff numbers that point to you know inaccuracies like and J- occasionally it is ridiculous what like Jalen ramsey yeah. yeah yeah but here's what's interesting about the, the line though is only two teams graded out over 80 on both the offensive side and the defensive lines offensive lines and defensive lines two teams graded out total on the offensive line and defensive line, over 80, New England Patriots. That was going to be my first guess. L.A. Rams. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Two of so, the best teams in the league. Yes, the team teams in the Super Bowl. Okay. So say what you want. I mean, yeah, you could point to a lot of inaccuracies, but there's a reason why like they're called like next-level analytics. And The only problem, I, I mean, I knock them all the time. Right. I love what they do because there's not anybody else out there that did it before them. Right, exactly. Or currently does Hey, if somebody does it better than them, they'll take over that spot. My problem is is they they watch TV footage of the games. They don't watch the actual game cuts of the games. So you miss a lot with that. So that's the only problem I have with it. And I think that's where their stuff's off sometimes. But, I mean, it's the best thing out there. And it does give us – I mean, everybody's judged on the same standard. So it does give you kind of a – bar that's set yeah. for positions and groups. So. That's well said. All right, let's get to another Twitter question. Hey, um, we're getting paid by them, right? By PFF? Yeah. We're not. Oh, we're not. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I take everything back I just said. <laughs> okay. This next question is from Jason Rat, and he's at RatHCP, and he says, we seem to have a good depth for the O-line, Richardson, Wells, Shatley, Okbehi. You said most teams keep two or three backups for the whole O-line. Who do you think they are? I mean, Wells and Shatley are the only proven ones on that list. Like you said with Richardson, man. I mean, where's that guy been? 
like, think you, I think they can keep all four of those guys. I'm sure because we don't have anybody else. But no, no. I mean, I don't think most teams keep two or three backups. I think most teams keep two guards and two tackles backups. Yeah. yeah. I mean, last year uh, didn't we have Shatley, Wells, um, Richardson? Who else was on the depth in the line? I think Richardson's just the biggest thing to me because, like, how do you draft somebody like we did with him? And, dude, he was a good college player, like, really good. And the guy, it's almost like he had some weird medical condition that nobody wanted to talk about. I mean, he didn't even, like, travel for a lot of games, right? No, he got put on, the, he got put on like, the some sort of, like, IR, yeah. but, like, non-injured, non-injured IR. But, and he's still there, so, I mean, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a story to that that we don't know, and... He's ready to ball. Yeah. Let's hope. I don't know. But um yeah, Jason Rat, I think they keep I think they'll keep four. I think they'll keep four. Usually they keep, I think we yeah. have to. And if not, I think uh I think Richardson probably gets the boot. Uh, and it depends on how healthy Wells is. I don't know what the sever- severity of his injury is. I mean he played three hundred and five snaps last year. It's a decent amount. Yeah, um, up. But we'll see. All right, so we gotta take a break. Um we gotta put in some ads. Here. This is an actual intentional break. This is an intentional break. Yes. This isn't we drink. I spilled a drink break. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a sippy cup in, or a little sippy cup lid. Still I don't do. spill anymore. I'm going to change the header on the video so our fans don't get mad at us. And um, I mean, you already dropped the ball early. Can you fix it now? I don't, I don't think so. I, honestly, I don't know if I can. I mean, uh, we'll see. <laughs> but we're going to take a break here. Um, you can find us on Big Cat Country, SB Nation, uh, Podcast Network. You can find us uh, soon on the Overtime uh, Entertainment Football Podcast Network. And um, find us on Twitter, another Jags pod. We do like everything on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I've taken over the Instagram nice. recently. So expect some good things from the Instagram. So follow our Instagram. It's another Jags podcast. And but- YouTube as well. I mean, outside of watching the live, I mean, comments on YouTube are well received. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we appreciate it. All the Joey fans out there. So give us like um, a couple minutes on the video. And make sure to support these ads. I'm going to enjoy the smell of this candle. This Miles Jack candle. Smells good. I'm very relaxed. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to another Jags podcast, episode 74. 74. We're breaking down the offensive line. We're doing our positional breakdowns. Um, So you can go back. We've done quarterback. We've done wide receiver. And now we're doing O-line. Running backs as well, right? Did we running back? Y'all did. I think you and Mike. Yeah, yeah. Me and Mike did running backs. You're right. You're right. So go back, listen to those. Uh, We break them down pretty heavily, um, as you can tell by this podcast. We go pretty in depth. Um, But that's what we do here. I mean, if you got an hour to kill, maybe you're going for a long drive. Maybe you work far and you have a long commute. Hey, on the treadmill before work. Go to the gym. Better better than ESPN at this point. I listen to podcasts. Man, God, the radio is terrible. It is. God, the radio is so bad. We're not going to get on that rant right now, but good Lord, it's bad. Like, do they not think people want to hear the, the Jags? Like, I know, like, you're out of content, but at least do something. Yeah, it's off-season, and you got, like, two or three hours to, like, fill radio. But, I mean, the majority of it is nothing about the Jags anymore. Like, I don't... And those are guys with, like, the inside, like... Right. Track. Like, they can actually talk to them and watch the preseason stuff. And, yeah, you need to talk about them more, guys. I agree. <sighs> okay. So, this next question, we're going to go to questions here. It's from Kev Click, and he's at kclick underscore six. Kclick. Kev Click. Okay, Kev okay. <laughs> he said, would you rather have Tyler Shatley or AJ Cannon at right guard? I mean, can at this point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, I don't know. I kind of get why everybody doesn't like can, but 
He's been more than serviceable for a lot of games. I mean, at least you know what you're getting out of him on a game by game basis. Like he doesn't fluctuate a ton. And again, in my like non football coach opinion, like I think I would rather have a, a known than somebody who might be all over the place. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just 15 games. That's yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, better than anyone else on the team last yeah. year by a, by a lot. I mean, Shatley played in 12 games. Norwell played in 11 games. Linder played in nine games. Josh Wells played in seven games. And also, you got Nor. I don't think people are giving Norwell enough like crap. Honestly, like I mean, uh, dude, let's not be too quick. To, I'm going to be quick injured. on that. He was injured. Injured. Okay, so what? Duct tape it up, man, and get back in there oh, for your nine hundred million know dollars you made. Easy, dude. If even when he wasn't injured, like there was never a game where I was like, man, that's the guy we got that was the best in the league. Never. Do we need to get to his PFF grades? I think we do because okay. I, I, I would like to feel better about the fact that he right. is a stud when I don't think he is, okay. or at least hasn't shown it for us. Andrew Norwell's uh, overall grade out of 726 snaps was a 66.7. Not great. Not great. Not great. But let's break it down a little bit here. Pass blocking grade out of 472 pass blocking snaps, 82.1. Very good on the pass block. Very good pass block. Good thing we're a pass happy team. I mean, all right, continue. His run blocking grade out of 254 snaps, so about half. 57.1. Pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. His his run blocking grade is about equal with AJ Cans, which everybody hates. But his pass blocking grade is on par with right, well, with Linders. Maybe with our who knows what our offensive is going to be this year, offense that might play to his strengths. I think it will, and that's my point. And I think he's going to show you a lot. Is that your point or my point? It's your point that you made, but I was thinking it. So it's technically my point. <laughs> Fair enough. But I'm I'm I like the guy. I mean, he had a he had a pretty bad ankle injury uh last year. And um they spra- he pretty much this is what happened. He pretty much sprained his ankle. <laughs> and the team was so bad that they were like, All right, we're shutting this guy down. Yeah, I mean I could see that. And I just that's what happened. I just watched a video of him beforehand and he's like blocking two people with one arm, you know, and it's like, dude, where is that yeah, guy? He's Carolina. Like, he's like yeah, yeah. No, he, he's he's gonna be fine. Give him some time. Give him yeah. some time. Like he's not. He was he played on one of the most injured teams of all time last year. Like yeah. cut him some slack. And I think that's bit. the thing everybody, myself included, does need to realize is that last year was. I mean, like the year before, we were ungodly healthy. Yeah. Like there just wasn't any. Injuries. You jinxed us, man. I did. I you went did. into the season saying <laughs> that that can't happen again, and it did not. <laughs> But it did not to the other side, though, man. I mean, yeah, like, I nobody is that decimated on an offensive line ever. I mean, it was yeah. like just one after the other after the other. I mean, it was ridiculous. So it's got to be better than that. Here's what I like about Andrew Norwell is his slide step, his drop step, and his bucket step. Which I got the first two. <laughs> what the heck is a bucket step? <laughs> a bucket step is where you, like, go back and angled. So backwards, then angled, or yeah. one motion? So a slide step would be like sliding. Sure. A drop step is like drop back. Yeah. And a bucket step is like back and then to an, do it like forward. Like back and then to an angle. And this is the whole line doing that, right? Because we yes. are a... Yeah, we move as a unit. Okay. Right. And those three steps are like phenomenal. The only problem is that his drive step and his lead step last year like left a lot to be desired. Where I'm almost to the point where I'd rather see him on the back side of plays. So like... I want, I want, this is what I want. I want the ball to, to be handed behind Jawan Taylor, and then if Fournette has to cut back, I want him to cut back. Then Norwell's the guy that's yeah, blocking everything. Yes, yes. That's what I would like to see. Um, hopefully, I, I think that's what you'll see. And I think Raquel Arms, Armstead, the guy who drafted from Temple, yeah. is going to really improve in this, in this zone blocking scheme. And I think 
the fact is he can get to the outside zone in the sweeps. And that's where I think our line will be good this year. We tried to force so much inside zone, which I'll break down for you. Inside zone is pretty self-explanatory. It means you're looking for a gap between the guards. If you, if you, if you stay between the tackles, that's, that's fine. Like, that's still inside zone. Yeah. But on outside zone and sweep, obviously you're trying to get outside the tackles. Yes. And, you're, and everyone's moving laterally. And your gap may be inside the tackle and the guard, or it may even be inside the guard in the center, but it's going to be like way Towards, outside yeah. of where the play originally started. Sure. So I like Andrew Norwell in those and on the backside. Also, he's a great combo blocker, meaning he can block one guy in a double team and then like release and then get to the next level and block the linebacker. So that's a guy you also want to run behind too sometimes. And he's good at, he's good at getting off of a, a block and then finding a blitzer. He showed that at Carolina. Like it, he was really good at that. Like I'm not just going to take care of my guy. I'm going to recognize right. that the play is different and yep. go after that guy. Yep. I realize this linebacker is like stunting. Yeah. Or didn't see that last year either. No, he didn't. But to be fair, like they didn't really throw the ball a lot. So well, and that that kind of leads into a, a side question on that. Everybody talks about Foles making the wide receivers better, making mm-hmm. the tight ends better. Does Foles make the offensive line better? I'd have to yes. assume yes, right? Because yes. they know what to expect, right? Yeah. And he gets the ball out quick. Yeah, and last year was like a crapshoot. Like, is he going to run it all of a sudden? Is he going to – can he throw it there? Are we going to actually call plays that other team doesn't know exactly what we're calling all the time? I mean, he's got to make them better too, right? And, and it, Bortles wasn't always like this, but something happened last year where he got into this routine of looking at one read and then, and then tucking it and yeah, running. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, he has never been like that since his like rookie year. So I don't know if he just didn't trust his receivers. I don't know if he had that Blaine Gabbert deer in the headlight thing. Well, he didn't mind to take a hit though, so I don't think it was that. No, but not like, not like scared, but just kind of like phantom blitzes. You know yeah. how Gabbert would have like phantom, like he would, like, oh, he's like, like, yeah, he's, like yeah. he's like shirking, and there's yeah. nobody there. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know if, if that just happened. Like I've seen that happen to quarterbacks who have had bad offensive lines, and I think that might have been the case with Bortles. And that's why I think he kind of got a raw deal. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but. Dude, that line was abysmal. Dude, nobody could have played no. behind that line last no, year. No, Tom Brady couldn't have. No. But no, I, I'm big on Andrew Norwell. I've always been big on Andrew Norwell, and I'm excited to see what, uh, what he's going to do this year. I think, that's what I'm saying. There's no way he's not an elite offensive lineman. I yeah. just want to actually see it because I'm excited that we have him. You know, I mean, and we just didn't last year, so it's kind of disappointing on top of all the other disappointments. All right. <clears throat> this next question, uh, we're going to move a little bit out of offensive line for a quick second. Thank God. I mean... <laughs> Yes, do it. <laughs> this question is from Jason Rat at Rat HCP, and he says, "How did y'all meet and start this podcast, including James?" And if wow. you don't know, if you're a new listener, yeah. James was a part of our podcast for like seventy episodes. Um, he had to take some time off for his other job. Totally understandable, um, but he was on here with us. And so the question is, how did we all meet, and how did we start a podcast? I mean, I think. James is the most integral part of that, actually, because he was the the one that brought everybody together. I mean, I I went to high school with James, so like forever ago. Um, I've known him forever. We all go to church together, so I mean that obviously is an integral part of that. And I met Jason through not only the church, but he's the athletic director at the school my kids went to. So all kinds of tie-ins there, and yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean we're all huge Jags fans, and we're all we've all lived and grown up at the beach our entire life yeah we're which, all jack's beach rats yeah we all went to the same high school in jack's beach yeah, even different times but yeah. all went to fletcher yep. so james james's parents and my parents were pretty close um so me and james kind of grew up together even though we're different ages and um i looked up to james i still do look up to james yeah he's I, a good great guy hey, he's a year um, younger than me and i look up to him so yeah yeah for sure 
Uh, we hope to have him back here soon. Yeah, we've got to get a guest spot with James. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm I mean, sure that has, when the season starts, that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we started the podcast because we all got sick of listening to the radio. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a matter of like, not only just like listening to the radio and not hearing enough about the Jags, but listening to the radio and or TV, whatever, and people telling you what they thought on like a high level, trying to be like, I'm an Uber football right. like knowledge god. This and, is what this this is what did it for me, and and I'm and I listen to me. I'm not sexist by any means. I love women. <laughs> I love women. When women talk about sports, I don't even mind. Doris no. Burke is like one of my favorite people ever. I agree. But our local radio station here started this show called Helmet and Heels, and they put it on. You're, you're, you're gonna go there? Yeah, they put it on prime time, like in Jacksonville, and and look, like it's a show full of women talking about. Sports, I'm t- like I'm cool with that. Like I, it's happened to be a block when I listen to the radio. I'm cool with women talking about sports, but they talked about everything but sports, and they talked about like fashion and like, and it's like no, like come on, this is a sports radio station, and it, like that that was what really set me over to the edge. I hated listening to commercials every five seconds on these radio stations, and so basically we just all came together and we were like, all right. I honestly thought. And- Never in a million years would I ever do a podcast. I don't like public speaking. I don't like, I'm not the, and, like, I, I'm not in the, a band, like the band guy. I'm not, uh, none of that. And, you know, James called me and said, hey, I think that you'd be great for this. We are back and forth is good. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like terrified, like literally terrified the first time that we went and recorded something. And it was horrible, but yeah, I mean, that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be sitting here talking right now. So, and now you're literally everyone's favorite person on the which podcast. is even better <laughs> it's funny how that but, happens. i mean it's just so much fun man i mean yeah. it, i do this at work i do this with like my friends this is what i talk yeah. about so i mean it's just an extension of that and i know jason's the same way and getting the feedback from you guys i mean that's what it's all about yeah we don't want to get away from the fact that we want we we want to be like a fan driven uh podcast and that's like, what it's all about people send us their questions they to like answer but like we'll read your comments like if you have comments about the yes. jaguars and you just want to have your opinion put out there we will read your Twitter yeah. handle. We'll read your YouTube name and we'll read your comment because we want Jags fans to have an avenue for their, their thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And disagree, man. Like tell me yes. I'm an idiot. Cause we don't mind I am at all. We have, I, I prefer that. Like we have no pride here on no, this show not at all. And, uh, that's how but that's, that's a great question and kind of, kind of cool. This next question is from Ryan Kempe and he's at Kempe underscore Ryan. And he says, in your opinion, which Rocky, will have the biggest impact this season. Okay, this is the one question that we kind of talked about beforehand, and, and for good reason, because, you know, I'm, I'm 41. Jason's obviously younger. And, yeah. you know, between the, gen- 30. between the generations of all that, it's like one of us should know what the term Rocky means. Yeah. It's got a capital R, too, which I think is thrown us way yeah. off. It's not like Rocky Balboa. But so according to Google, um, ASAP Rocky... Um, apparently he was arrested. Okay. Good uh, rapper. Someone, uh, yeah, trap he's had some, rapper he's fan. Had some at least stuff. he's listenable. Rocky, the movie, 1976. Got Obviously him. doesn't. Well, is that it? Is it like the best backstory guy that like bootstraps um, and like worked his way into it? Maybe. Maybe. That'd be a deep breach. But I mean, really outside of those two Rockies, that's, that's all we got here. So um, read the question again. What is the best? Rocky on the team? Which, uh, in your opinion, which Rocky will have the biggest impact this season? Hmm. Yeah, that's questionable, man. The wording. I, I, 
uh, I wish you were on YouTube right now so you could clarify. Maybe there's like a Jaguars guy named Rocky. Let's see. Uh, Jaguars really? Rocky. Surely we'd know that, right? Um, Del Rio must steady the Jaguars Rocky ship from a Jaguars yeah. article in yeah. 2016. Last year, last year was Rocky as well as 16. 2016. Um, why did Leonard Fournette pull a Rocky 4? Ooh, according Ooh, to Nola, that's that one. I like that one. Nola.com. Is that Tommy Gunn like being like a punk to his coaches um, or something? What, what, sorry, the page you're looking for cannot be found. The Dang page it. may have Internet. moved or you may have mistyped the address. So that website's no longer available. Well, while Jason continues to look what <laughs> the heck that question means, sorry, man. I'm going to go with what is the best like backstory, Rocky, like hard worker. It's got to be in Gakwe, dude. Like, right? I mean, he is the best Rocky of all time because that guy didn't get any respect out of college. He's come in. He's done nothing but work his tail off, get better every single season, and put up six stats. So, yeah, Ngakwe is the best Rocky. I'll give you that, but would Keelan Cole be more of a Rocky? Not after last year, man. But the Whoa, dude, he got okay. beat down. He's going to come back this year? <laughs> ah, you okay. Said, you said no one gave Ngakwe respect, but he was drafted in the third round. It's oh, not like the third. dude was, a, was like no one's ever heard of him. I Fair mean, enough. I, I, mean, I mean, Keelan Cole was an undrafted free agent. Okay. Completed himself into yeah. almost 1,000 yards receiving in 27, okay. 2017. Like, he got knocked out by the Russian got, last year. Got knocked down, <laughs> and he's going to come back. He's been training all year. Got the Rocky music playing. I haven't seen him like running through snowy mountaintops with like a <laughs> like a tree across his shoulder blades. I you mean, didn't see the video he posted of him running up the Philadelphia Hall. I, I, I don't. I'm not on Twitter. No, I remember that. I, I, no. I don't know. I was talking about. I don't know. I think like this season, the best Rocky is going to be Didi Westbrook. I mean, that guy's a man. He played like a man at the end of last season. He was drafted in the seventh round, Jason. So that's the official Rocky status, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and yeah. you know, I think he's going to step up and you know take the torch, but. I hope that's even close to the question that was asked. I don't think it has anything to do with that. That was a good question, though. Yeah. But overall, um, not much more on the offensive line. Uh, that's kind of it. Uh, Are we out of Twitter questions? We're out of Twitter questions. We so, haven't. The only guys we haven't talked about on the offensive line is um, Bucky Stallings, guard, undrafted free agent in Kentucky. How did I forget about him? I don't know. I was going to wonder. I was like, you didn't bring Dang, up boy Bucky? Man. Sorry, Bucky. Uh, Jordan... Agassiva, undrafted free agent out of Utah. Uh, Brandon Thomas, Clemson's. Uh, he's out of Clemson. He's a third round pick in 2014. And By not us, right? No, and I, I couldn't find where he's actually played. Clemson wasn't good in 2014. And I also haven't found anywhere he's like any snaps he's played. <laughs> Has he been in the Canadian? So league? I don't know. I don't know. Is that, is that you know who, you know who Brandon Thomas is? He's Will Richardson four years ago. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hasn't played a snap, but finds himself on an NFL roster. Still making cash. Yeah. And then your boy, Casey McDermott, who we actually were... I was kind of big on Casey McDermott. He was an undrafted free agent last year out of Miami. He had some good film. His film was way better than Will Richardson's. I think McDermott still has some potential. I think he's a guy that could play himself onto a roster somewhere. Yeah. And the fact that he is still on this roster now... Says something. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. I think uh, you could be... Surprised that our boy Casey McDermott and uh, we just seem to always find undrafted free agents out of Miami. So I'm kind of hoping. Which I mean, um, can you go wrong with South Florida football? I mean, no, that's a good point. Man. All right, so um, before we wrap up, yeah. though, will you do me a favor and Sorry. look up um, poisonous oh, caterpillars oh in England? Boy, I can't spell poisonous. I think Patrick Jackson might have finally got into the nest at this point and died because <laughs> there was not a Twitter question by PJ. He. Uh, 
has he given up on us? He commented me, me being gone for two weeks. He is, commented something about you on uh, mm, on YouTube. I missed that one. What was it? Um, I have to look it up. Poisonous caterpillars. He actually did can, look up poisonous caterpillars. Poisonous <laughs> caterpillars that can cause asthma attacks have spread inland for the first time. Ouch! This is according to the Telegraph. Uh, UK news. I don't know if Patrick has asthma though, so that that could be a lethal combination. Apparently, the brown tail moth larvae—they're—they're they're actually they're usually found along the coast of Portland, yeah. Kent, Suffolk, and the Thames estuary. Which doesn't sound good for PJ. Didn't that sound like I knew what I was talking about? It does. <laughs> Sounds like you've got it on lockdown as far as uh, the uh, provinces. Yeah. So apparently, a leading expert warned that they are—I <laughs> think—spreading inland much more than we've ever seen. It's not just um, a football show, guys. This, yeah. this, this is educational, like uh, Discovery Channel. If I remember correctly, there was sightings in Cambridge and Oxford. But I <laughs> That's going way inland. Yeah, uh, way inland. But um, the butterfly conservationist, Dr. Phil Sterling, uh, who studied species for, for a while, he says he's rarely seen this many, and he's been studying for 30 years. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> so uh, if you're in the UK, we, we have a lot of fans in the UK. We do. Watch out for we're, these bad boys. We're, we're the most popular Jags podcast in the UK for some weird reason, and probably because we give them some love about their poisonous caterpillars. Because they're great. Yeah. Only... So, when we hear from them, though, so so he, he had a YouTube comment. What was that? The uh, I missed that. Um, it was it's something about he missed you or something like that. Nah, I, I, I miss you too, PJ. Yeah. So there we go. All right, fair enough. But um, anything else you want to add about the offensive line? I mean, no, I mean uh, it's, it's we got to stay healthy. If we stay healthy, we're gonna have a solid year. I mean, if we don't, then man, it Foles can't run for his life like Bortles did, you know. And Fournette likes to give up. So please let our offensive line be healthy. We have a YouTube question. Ooh. This is from Brent Papineau. Nice, Brent. And he says, how many on the O-line depth right now could be replaced during or after training camp from other teams? Oof. On the starting O-line depth? No, like outside about, of injury? He's talking about how many on the oh, O-line the depth, depth right okay. now. Dude. Yeah. All of them. Um, um, I mean, no. Shatley and Wells are there for sure. Yeah, I think Shatley and Wells are, are going to be... So- Again, I don't know about Wells' injury, though. I mean, why do you keep c- saying that? Like, he's not even listed as questionable anymore. Because, I mean, he... But, I mean, seriously, he's not, though. Anytime you're replaced by uh, Eric Flowers, I'm thinking... Yeah, but you've got... ESPN has Robinson, Norwell, Linder, and Taylor all questionable based on last year's injuries or training camp injuries. Can, Wells, and Shatley are the only ones that don't have, like, some kind of mark on them, so... Says this is the this is from Roto World. Josh Wells missed most of last season with a groin injury, serious enough to send him to the injured reserve. Eh. He could get a shot to compete at right tackle this season. Yeah, but he is best suited for a backup role. Yeah, he's not going to start. I think that's a given. But he's going to be a very serviceable backup, just like Shelley. So those two. Yeah, are, I, think, I think. Yeah, I think he's a guy that basically probably got shut down too, even though he's depth. I think. Yeah, I mean, he, again, why are you going to push somebody back from a groin injury when the season's tanked yeah. and everybody else is hurt? I mean. Why yeah. do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Wells, Shatley are probably there. I mean, could Cedric Obeggy be a surprise cut? Yeah, I think he could. I'm just impressed with how many times you said his name almost correctly this evening. I mean, that, that, I, I was going to say I've said his name probably four different ways. But, I mean, at least half of those had to be right. I just, I'm saying. I've learned if you just say it and go with it, then act people like you know, think yeah. you know what you're talking about. When really, I have no. I looked it up one time and. And, um, Phonetically, that's probably yeah. something completely different. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh one of our one of our longtime listeners, Mike Yazji, I've been saying I've said his name wrong like four times. And he texted me today and he was like, dude, it's Yazji. 
And I was like, I would have never known. My bad, bro. I had no clue. Mm. But I think um, Cedric, uh, let's call him Cedric. Cedric uh, is might be a guy that gets cut. And, and Brandon Thomas. Yeah, I don't think Brandon Thomas is going to make the team. I don't I think either. he's That's a camp guy. Like, yeah, he's no, but done. He, he's saying like, which who could be replaced by a, like a guy who gets yeah. cut? And but that's literally it, though. There's nobody else. It's hard to find here. offensive linemen, man. It is. I mean, that position is probably the hardest position to find in the NFL. And I'll say it right now: like you can find any other position off the street, like yeah. a guy that can come in and play it. But an offensive lineman, if you have like a terrible offensive lineman, we know this firsthand. It's going to be glaring, and other yeah. teams are going. To attack it. Hey, Jokel getting picked up is a prime example of that. I don't even say that name. It's giving me like But it's a good PTSD. example of it. I mean, like he, he was horrible with yeah. us for every year and still got a second chance. If, if you're, I mean, I think Jokel is kind of the same as Cedric Obeggy. He's a first-round lineman, and first-round lineman always get a second chance. Eric Flowers. Yeah. First-round first lineman always get a second chance. So with that question then, does... Two of those guys get replaced by castoffs from other teams Probably. that are just as bad. Probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, we basically we just got to pray that no one gets hurt. God, they got to stay healthy, man. Yeah. I mean, our best rushing games last year as were in week twelve against Buffalo. Man, that was for Fournette got kicked out for running across the field and slapping a girl. He had eighteen carries, ninety five yards, and two, and two touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, two hundred and twenty six yards total for the team. D.D. Westbrook in that game had a car- one carry for forty three yards. Yeah. I'm, I hope we use him more on running on running game. D.D. Westbrook is, can do it all, man. He's fast. Week 11 against the Steelers, we had 179 total yards. Fournette had 28 carries. It, it, listen to this. I'm sorry. I, I got to go off on a rant here. Please do. Fournette misses week, gets hurt week one. Comes back week 10. Gets 32 touches in week 10, his first game back mm-hmm. against the Colts. And that was for what, 80 yards? I can't remember the yards. Yeah, it was like 96. I, I'm, I'm more talking about the volume. Okay. The very next week, week 11, he gets 28 carries. Dude. Do you see a problem with that? Yes. If oh, you, my God. Are if you, you kidding me? Dude, like, we're, oh, Fournette's injury prone. He can't finish the season. He keeps getting hurt. Maybe let's not give him a total of 60 carries in the first two weeks he's back after Dude, missing nine Dude, he should be carrying weeks. the ball 30 times a game and catching it five a game. But at least you got to ease him back, though. When you, like, when you get <laughs> hurt, when you, okay, it's one thing. That's because he wasn't really that hurt. Look, no. <laughs> Fake news. It's one thing if you miss one game. It's one thing if you miss three games. Yeah, but he could have came back like four games before that. That's the problem. He's soft. But you don't rush a guy back like that. That's too much volume after for a guy. In week 12, 18 carries, dude. dude like, come on. Like, he stopped this being a rush back. It was nine games later. But you, there's something about being playing at football speed. You can't just throw a guy into the fire. Like it's, it, it's just, it's just. Nah, I don't know. I disagree. Now, here's the thing, though. Carlos Hyde was playing decent then. I mean, he in week 12, Carlos Hyde had eight carries for 44 yards. He was. He was playing well. Why give Fournette so much volume when you have a guy you traded a pick for to come in and take some of the load off of him so he doesn't get injured? Because our front office makes horrible decisions. I don't think it's the front office, though. That's not Marone, dude. That is. That's Fournette is our number one draft pick. We spent a boatload of money on him. There's a bajillion Fournette jerseys out there. That is absolutely a front office call. Get his butt back in there because he's the... He's the bell cow. Bell cow of the team. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. He's the only star we got. 
Like literally, he's the well, other than Ramsey. I mean, he is on the, the star. He's the, the only ball. offensive yeah. star we got. Yeah. So yeah, you got to get him back out there. Yeah, unless you count Norwell. <laughs> I would. I would love to count him once I see him block two guys with one arm again. All right, and then week fifteen, we had one hundred seventy-three total rushing yards, and that was against the Redskins, which we lost to Josh Johnson at playing quarterback. And Cody Kessler was the leading running back with six carries for sixty-eight yards. <laughs> Not at a loss for words much, but yeah. I'm going to miss Cody Kessler. I'm <laughs> that gonna... quick release, man. Hey, Might be 10 yards yeah, over Cody somebody's Kessler, head. But I never was... said Cody Kessler had a quick release. I said Cody Kessler was accurate and could throw on the run. <laughs> and no one would... that off... You said it yourself no one could block behind the I offensive line. I felt bad line. for Kessler, honestly. I did too. I I did, like... I did too. He got thrown into that Let's not forget. Of a, yeah, let's not forget for David Williams attributed five carries and 32 yards in that game. So let's not forget about our boy David Williams. Big D Will. Big D. He was uh, he's on our team. I have no idea who that guy is, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, moral of the story is offensive line, please don't get hurt. If they're yeah. healthy, this offensive line has potential to be a top unit. Dude, we have like and that's the thing that's like promising is you look at a lot of teams' offensive lines and you're like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? There's just not the talent there. They're just guys. Our dude, our guys have the potential to be, like you said, a top. 10 top five unit in the league yeah. if they're all healthy and it, it like all comes together and they get cohesive. So, I mean, that's a plus. I mean, yeah. at least the talent's there. It is. I mean, you're looking at your starters of Shatley, Wells, <laughs> starters. <laughs> your starters of Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, Brandon Linder, AJ Can, and then Jawan Taylor. All pedigree, yeah. all from, yeah, yeah, it's there. So I'm excited. I think the team goes as the line goes. I've made no bones about it. I'm a line guy. I went in the trenches. Me and TC both feel the same way about that. I agree. Um, and I think that's why they've invested so much money in both sides and draft picks into both sides of the ball on the on the line. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform this year. So, anything else you want to add about the line? No, I mean. Stay healthy. I think, I think we covered it all. I we mean, did. This, this may can't be cover most, any better. This may be the most in-depth offensive line thing you'll find out there. I guarantee you nobody has <laughs> talked about on the radio in the past two months. That's for sure. They're talking about craft beer on the radio right now because that's yeah. apparently all people talk about. That's craft beer versus, versus Bud Light. Versus Bud Light. But anyways, that's this episode 74. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter and um, Instagram and Facebook. You can, if you look at our break screen, we have it all laid out for you. Um, we... Are also on YouTube. We do these live shows now. This is probably going to be how we do our live shows from here on out. Um, so hopefully the Miles Jack candles keep coming. Yeah, um, and again, go to his Instagram because right now you can still get Miles Jack candles there. When the season starts, I think it's going to an actual web page, and he might not be in as involved. We're getting paid by Miles Jack too, right? We are not. Okay, um, never mind. Um, <laughs> get your candles wherever. <laughs> Brent Papanos on YouTube says, thanks for being the best Jags podcast, not just another Jags podcast. Oh, Brent. Nice. Yeah, Brent's the man. I like that. Brent's the man. He's a good guy, too. But uh, make sure to do all the stuff. Follow us. You can watch our live show. We recommend you watch our live show. We pretty much do Wednesday nights live shows on YouTube. Um, you can go back and watch our show, or you can listen to it on, on YouTube without the video for some reason if you're like a lunatic and you'd like to do that <laughs> don't have another podcast service available <laughs> or you can go to itunes we're on spotify now i don't think we've announced that yet i forgot to mention i didn't even that. know that yeah we're on spotify now wow so for those of you that like spotify um we're Is on spotify spotify panos they're not they're not no nope. only hey, bottom line more downloads we get 
the better. Yeah, SB so, Nation's paying us. They are Big Cat Country. Big SB, Cat Country, SB Nation. Yeah, love those so, guys. Uh, admittedly, I haven't, I haven't been on the. I mean, I haven't been on the website in a while. So. Actually, they their content gets more and more as you get closer to the season. Okay, cool. and there is there's a good office of line article on there, and there's more articles. Is there? Not, yeah, it's they're not bad. They got some good stuff coming out. Did you steal any information from this? I did not do that. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, make sure to uh, give what us. What did a- I add to the offensive line? They're, yeah, all those nuggets that I threw in there. <laughs> no. Make sure to uh, give us a five star rating on, on iTunes. That helps us too. And uh, give us your questions and comments. We'll read them on here. As you can tell, we care. We'll even read them if we don't know what you're talking about, like the Rocky comment. And please. Who, who was the rocket coming by? Do you remember? No. Please, like, let us know what that meant. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep until I know because I'm kind of baffled. Yeah. All right. Well, this is episode 74 uh, for me and Joey. Um, another Jax podcast. As always, go Jax. Go Jax.